This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there, grunting. Yeah. And then I'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes on this glorious day. 
Um, it's going to be me and homie on this episode. We've had some requests to cover our pack-in hunting, how we've been successful. Homie shot a buck last year on a pack-in hunt. Um, we were almost successful on a couple giants on public land and uh, passed a lot of really solid good bucks out there pack-in style and uh, both killed does pack-in style. So um, we're going to go through our tips and tactics, some stuff that I think people might uh, miss out on and uh a lot a lot of details in this episode so go ahead and get a pen and pencil and if you want to learn something from a couple guys that <laughs> only been doing it for what, three years we yeah. we are doing the math here we're right around 45 50 packing hunts um we're probably i like to tell people we're probably 60 40 packing hunt mm-hmm. right you'd say that's probably correct yeah from stand you know 40 percent stands already hung 60 percent and it gradually gets more pack in hunts, more pa- every year. Gradually, gets a little bit. It was probably like thirty seventy, then fifty fifty. And last year we were sixty forty. So uh, we're getting to the people that make this possible, and then we'll get into the the show. Um, we'll start off with VIP. What you got for VIP? Um, don't forget that they are offering their small game heads that are the same geometry as uh, their broadheads. So uh, it's good to screw them on and shoot them, you know, at a bag or a 3D target. They come out of the the 3D targets really nice. So uh, I was that is them, an option. I was shooting them in the backyard, and I had three of those, I think, and one other one. And uh, they were getting so much more penetration yeah. than the regular right. one. So I was like, man, this is crazy. They were out the backside of the turkey target. You know what I mean? I was the like, turkey target? Yeah. Damn. I was like, dang, these things are they're out here thugging. <laughs> <laughs> All right. ECW. Oh, you got the VIP shout out. Don't want to skip that. Yeah. This week's shout out is uh, James O'Keefe. And he served in the military for eight years. And he had two tours overseas to Afghanistan. So, uh, James, we appreciate you. And, um, you know, going overseas and doing that for us, uh, not only once, but twice. So um, definitely appreciate that. And uh, glad you're back home safe now. Yeah, thanks, James. We appreciate that. Big shout out to you from VIP family and the Whitetail Legacy Podcast family. Let's get into ECW calls. Um, they did well for us in turkey season, man. They they were flawless out there. I still can't get over how good that slate purrs you can purr with a mouth call but that slate's just out there you might be able to purr with a mouth call not me yeah really <laughs> solid but i mean the pure purr like i said you have to have so much volume behind it and with that slate you can just real you just coax that hen right in yeah you know what i mean so you can hit it real nice and soft and we've talked about it on here before jeff you know watching him call and like it looks like he's barely touching the damn yeah, thing you yeah know? he's just moving about like <laughs> i mean half inch yeah, quarter inch you know right getting such a long call out of it but yeah ecw calls all your custom call needs exodus trail cameras uh, we're gonna hit you with another trail cam tip of the week and which one should we hit this week homie uh, i thought we we're gonna hit the uh video <laughs> mode video mode yeah that's something that we started out um doing last two years two ago, years ago yep. yeah so um a lot of guys that or even us before that were just running on picture mode so we're going to talk about why we run video mode and then some tips about what you need to do if you are running video mode. So the reason we run video mode, if you put it on a scrape, you get to see the personality of the deer. If it's aggressive, it's aggressive to other deer. If he's raking the scrape real hard. We learned that from the last breath, guys. Can't steal that. They talk about that a lot. And then we also put them on the transition areas coming into our property. And that just shows you 
why that deer is there. Is he on a full run chasing does? Is he back and forth? Is he behind a doe? Or is he just going through their feeding? Because then you know that, okay, he's just going through their feeding, you know, and if he comes back, then you know he's back in there. When you get a picture, it's really hard to tell what that buck is actually doing. Um, just like when chaos came through there, yeah. he's just browsing, you know what I mean? And if you would have looked at that picture, you'd be like, oh, he's going north to chase does. But actually he was just going up to that field to probably eat and then probably circled back through the cedars and hit the scrapes and went right back down mm-hmm. there. So, um, a couple tips for video mode, you're going to need to run lithium batteries or something that is going to let that battery, um, let the camera run longer cause it's going to drain more battery or put those cameras in an easier accessible place to where you can get new batteries in them. And if you run it on a scrape, most of the time it's on a field edge or something, so it's easier to get in there and uh, put put batteries in it. Another thing is your SD card size. You're going to have to bump up your SD card size because it's a lot more data, um, a lot more memory for a video than a picture. That's something that we started doing. We put 8 gigs in there. We're like, man, that's like half a card, yeah. you know what I mean? And especially if you're like us and you get... 72 pictures of a leaf videos of a leaf you know what i mean and then you're like well 90 percent of my card was gone the second day and then i missed all this other stuff so it's good to put a good giant sd card in there and you ain't got to worry about it um you just know that especially with these exodus they're just going to run and run and run and run and um what's the one thing that i want to touch on about video mode is uh we had talked about it with brian here uh three four episodes ago and it's like you're not just going to be able to go out there and check the card real quick like you can with pictures. It's going to take some time. Like yeah. we literally sat in the truck for an hour, hour mm-hmm. and a half, uh, one night after a hunt going through because with the video, 10-second video, like you have to watch all of the video, yeah. you know. And like it, that doe might come through and yeah. then seven seconds in, here comes a buck. There's a lot of times no there's idea. nothing and then two, three seconds in, you're like, oh, there's the deer or there's the coon or something, you know yeah. what I mean? But – uh I think that's what, the, like, you get a lot of blank pictures on some cameras, and I think that's what it is. It, like, goes off a little bit early. And then you're in your delay, and you might yeah. miss the Yeah, but deer. the video, you, 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 you get them. You know, if they're close, yeah. you get them. So um, that's a good tip. Um, it does take a lot longer. So that's not one that you want to, like, take the camera out there, the computer out there, and click through, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's something you want to take home. and If it's a good spot, it's going to take some time. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's do Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, All Your Taxidermy Needs. Dude is stepping up the video quality hardcore again on us. Um, guy laid down some fire turkey footage. Um, if you guys need a turkey mount done and you are in our local area, check out Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. Um, he's out there nailing it, homie. He's got one up there and possibly two. We haven't released <laughs> the deets on the podcast yet, but possibly two. All right, next level. You got next level. Yeah, uh, you guys know it's it's getting to be summertime and uh, the antlers are popping. So yeah, this is um, the time to get that max growth right yeah. now. Get those minerals out there. Um, they are selling a boatload of product right now because people are getting fired up um, to get those deer. When they start getting that new growth, you really people start wanting to see that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's time to get 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 some trail get cam going. pictures yep. and get going." But um, that's one thing. If you guys want to try Next Level out, um, you can find them on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or nextleveldeersupplements.com. Um, nextleveldeer.com. Nextleveldeer.com. Thanks for the catch, homie. Yeah. Yeah. Homie's, homie's always got my back <laughs> when I mess up like that. <laughs> All right, let's get in the show. So we're talking pack-in hunting. Um, like I said, we've been doing it three years, and we've been successful. 
uh, homie killed a buck we called sunshine you can check out that video on our youtube um uh it's called practice or yep. slash sunshine um and that was a pack-in hunt uh, went into a tiny ass cedar tree <laughs> two guys freehand camera work uh got it done um you're gonna get to see the public land hunts um that's also gonna be on our youtube and uh that's all pack-in hunts you can see how close we are super successful and we're going to talk about a couple tips in this that if we would have done then we would have been successful so this isn't just stuff that we've known this is stuff that we learned like you know a few months ago when we were deer hunting so this is fresh anybody that's wanting to think about packing hunting or already is i think there will be some value in here you might be able to pick up something that um you're not doing that might help you so uh Let's get into the show. What do you want to start out with? Uh, let's just kind of start out with kind of the time frame we're in now, like the off, the early off season, uh, the stuff you can be doing now. Um, what we'll is go with you know just going out there and like surveying your timber, um, seeing what trees you can get into, and uh, you know this could be a spot that you hunt already, and um, you just, you're just trying to find that right tree. So there's the right area. What is it? The Right area and the perfect tree or the yes. perfect tree in the right area? Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. That's what we can't find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can find the right area, yeah. just can't find that perfect tree. Yeah. So just go out there and, you know, obviously you're going to be able to tell if you're going to be able to get up in there or if you're going to have to do some work to get in there to make it, you know, accessible to get in there and pack in and, and hang. So that's something you can be doing right now. The Trees aren't quite getting full, but, you know, they're budding and they're sprouting now. So, but you'll be able to see all the limbs and stuff that you're going to have to take out if you need to. Yeah, that's something that we like to do uh, shed season or even now, you know, we're out turkey hunting and we see a tree. We're thinking, hey, man, you know, this might this might be an option, you know, to sneak in here. And when you're looking at that tree, you always want to think about your wind direction, um, your wind direction on access and your wind direction when you're hunting. Um, there's something that we... Ha- have slowly got away from which is weird is because we were i was like super hardcore into it is scent control it seems like our scent control is slowly fading when we're doing these packing hunts because you're sweating so much and when we're carrying all this camera gear in you're hanging stands you do all this work to be scent free and then you're like how scent free am i you know what i mean yeah. i used to wake up take a shower do all that and i still do it some but not near as much as i used to so here's the problem is I think it was October 12th. It was like the first cold front we had had. We were packing in on public and like we're getting everything out of the back of the truck and we can't do anything because your hands are literally frozen. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's tough to dress and get everything ready because you're cold now because you're not doing anything, but then you're about to walk a half mile and you're gonna be sweating balls by the time you get back there. Yeah. So... We're still really good about taking our clothes off, putting them in the Oz bags, ozone and our stuff. But I think like the pre-scent control is starting to fail a little bit because it's just when you're packing in hunting, you know that you're going to be putting in so much more effort. You're going to be sweating. And it really comes to like something that we don't really have on the notes. You have to figure out like a good layer of clothing like what you want to wear in and what you want to put on in stand because we do that a lot like like i packed in my clothes every time back there yeah it's just so like like, and we always packed in extra socks like because 
on a cold day, when you pack in those stands and hang it, it's really hard for your feet not to sweat. And if you got sweaty feet, you're going to eventually get cold feet. Mm -hmm. So we always bring an extra pair of socks, throw them in a bag, put them in our, you know, down in our uh, Badlands bags. And just when you got that fresh sock on, dude, dude yeah. it was so nice. That first 20 minutes is yeah. game changer. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh my gosh, you just put that warm, fresh sock on. You're like, this is so nice. If, if but, you're in the late season and you do that, like it takes a minute to get a new yeah, sock on because yeah. you got layers on, you got bibs, you can barely move your thigh yeah. up. But you, you pull your foot out and it's steaming <laughs> and you like pull it out and you put that new one on. You're like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah. That is something that, you know, I've thought about doing in the previous years, but I actually did this year and, um, it's something I'm going to be doing yeah. forever. Like, yeah. I it, just, even like there was times where. Throw in a hand warmer yeah, if you can. There's times where I would double the socks, you know what I mean? If I wasn't too sweaty, but every time I pulled it off, because it's hard to get your sock, like getting your boot off is one, but getting yeah. your sock off, it's freaking tough, <laughs> yeah. dude, because you got a lot of layers on, you know what I mean? And and we're packing and hunting. I was packing and hunting all the way to like in the, you know, the end of season in January, right. you know what I mean? Right. And it's brutal out there and you're still going out there and, and packing out. And um, that's just a tip, man. Figure out a laying process. You don't want to wear all your stuff in. You want to, like, a lot of times I would put it on the seat of my stand ratchet strap it on the sticks or something your your jacket at least um just because it's it you don't need all that on but you're gonna want it when you get back there yeah and like most of the time well especially during the rut i guess just during the rut we were sitting all day Mm -hmm. so i mean you're gonna need that eventually yeah about you know about that you're good for about the first two hours, and then it starts yeah. eating at you. And like then the next hour, you're like, nine o'clock. You're like, okay. And that's when the, the action usually slows down. Yeah. So now you're starting to think about being cold, mm-hmm. and you know it can really go from a good day to a bad day, or make that midday part of your hunt brutal. You long, know, and then you want to get extra out. Long. Or all your snacks. Or you want to get done. <laughs> you want to get down and move. You know what I mean? Which is something we'll talk about later. But that's something that we don't like to do unless it's necessary. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Um, going back to, uh, picking the tree and cutting the shooting lanes. Um, one thing that we did with Sunshine's hunt is we knew we could get in that tree. It would just take a little bit of work. And, and in the video, you can see like, I'm cutting my way up. So if you're not able to, you know, cut your shooting lanes, um, you can do it on the, on the way in or while you are hanging, um, if you're, you know, not on public or just like we were on, on private there, you know, um, just that, a little that folding handsaw. That night we had wanted to set up in that tree that I already had prepped. Yeah. And we were thinking, man, that might be just a little too far. Mm-hmm. I feel like these does are on the plot. And then if we would have set up down there, he would have come in in front of us and we might have been able to call him down there, but he was really interested in that doe. Yeah. I wonder how close he was to that tree. I I think he worked that creek on the bottom. Well, he come out on that bottom side of the yeah. field and worked that waterway up. Yeah, so, so he would have been sixty yards. Yeah, sixty, seventy yards. Yeah, probably. see, so he would have, we would have had to make him come yeah. over there for whatever reason. So we decided to set up in a tree that we weren't, and that other tree we could probably get eighteen foot, and this one we could get about ten or twelve. <laughs> yeah, twelve. You know? But I mean, you had to cut your way into it. It's a, it's a cedar tree we've never been into, and. Um, but it's just good to know that we could get in yeah, that tree. Yeah, we knew. Like, our plan was set in that tree or go to this corner and set up in this tree because we know we can get in it. Yeah. And now we know it's a great spot with that wind condition. Like, and so you might ask your, might ask us, like, why did we have to cut our way in if it was private lane and we knew we could get in there? Um, because with the way that you get in there with all your stuff, like, 
it just has to be like kind of in the moment deal. Yeah. Like we planned on going down there. That was a spot that we knew could potentially be, but until you hang a stand in the tree, you really don't know what you need to cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we really didn't like, we cut some at the bottom to get the sticks on, but the sticks were like one stick, three <laughs> tree limbs, yeah. a stick, three tree limbs. You know what I mean? So, um, if we would have went in there and cut, you know, potentially what we thought, it probably would have been Yeah, wrong. just like our mindset right now, doing it versus the way we would do it then is just going to be different and it might not be what we want. Yeah, but that is something. If you could cut your way into Cedar Tree, man, you know, you don't have to worry about that cover. He had no idea we're that low, you know what I mean? But we just had so much back cover. There's two guys in a tree and the does are out there. We couldn't get that doe to leave. No, <laughs> we no. Out, what I we throwing stuff out there <laughs> trying to get through your harness. Yeah, I threw my 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 carabiner. I was like, Kyle Howl. Yeah, Kyle Howl. Nothing, nothing. Just out there eating in the oats. I'm like, just looking at us. Leave. <laughs> Shine the light at it. Like, yep. get out of here. So, all right. Um, okay. So getting into it this time of year, we talked about access a little bit for the wind and the tree that you pick, but you also need to plan a entrance and exit route for how you're going to get through the woods this seems simple but when you're in the dark and it's totally different it's totally different you you lose you kind of lose your path especially if you have to go up and down hills i think that's where it really messes you up Mm -hmm. and uh there's not a lot of trees or anything that really give you a designated like okay the tree with the fork you know take a right um it's hard to get get to where you want to go and then another thing is you have a stand and sticks on your back. So if you – we'll get into the, the gear later, but if you have the gear like we do, the sticks are just a touch taller than you are because we're running full-length sticks. So even, you know, seven foot, eight foot, where you can walk under tree limbs, you're going to be catching stuff now. And if you can duck down, you're okay, but you're still going to be catching stuff on those sticks. Mm-hmm. And we ran it sideways, and that was even worse. You know, oh, you yeah. stick sideways, then you're four foot wide. You know what I mean? So kind of if you can cut a, uh, cut a path, great. If you can't, just pick a path. And, and um, that's not – you're not going to make so much noise, and it's not going to wear you out because there's, no, there's super frustrating. Like, I don't know why, but every time I walk underneath a limb, I don't <laughs> know if anybody else is out there. Like, if you're wearing a beanie, it just catches the beanie and just pulls it right off your head. Every time. So imagine that, but – you have a foot and a half sticks above your head. Well, you know when, what I mean? we, when we walked in the north side of that buck bedding, yeah, the 40 feet we got in there, dude, I was so pissed off. Yeah. Like just going that far, it's catching on everything. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, the it, dumbest thing I've ever done. And there's no way you could get a stand in there. So no, that's, yeah. that's something we could talk about too is if you have a potential area that you think you want to hunt, get in there right now and say, is it feasible for me to bring a stand in here and hunt? Like people say, get on the sign, get in the action, but there's points where you just have to hunt off that sign. Cause if you get it, it's just physically impossible to get in there. Like in that spot, um, it's a bunch of washouts, strip mine ground, nasty stuff. Um, there might be eight foot of flat ground. It's like down, up, down, up, two foot flat down. <laughs> two foot. I mean, it's just, it's just how it is. And, and when you have that ground, there's no big trees. The very trees are very limited. So you have that underbrush. I don't even know what to call it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's those trees that are actually look like bushes. You know what I mean? They yeah. grow up and they're three foot off the ground and they're wide and it's just super hard to get in there. So go, going back to picking your tree, 
if you have a spot that maybe you think there might be a potential tree in there, okay, think about how am I going to access this? I have to get in here in the dark and hang a stand. Or I have to get in here and potentially not spook every deer off this area. How can I get in here quiet and then get out quiet in the evening? And you have to think, you don't want to access to where to where the deer are going. Like where we hunt, the deer kind of are taking a hard right turn after they get past us and going to the ag. And we're walking away from the ag. If we walk to that ag to exit, I feel like we blow them off that field. And it's just going to make them go later and later to that field, making them later to where we're at. So that's something you got to think about. You don't want to try to walk out towards the ag. And if you do, like on your stand, we kind of had to. Mm -hmm. It goes, you got to play devil's advocate where. Well, we had the corn as back cover. What is my wind doing? Am I going to affect more deer with my wind or with me walking through there? Mm Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this on a couple podcasts. I do. I don't care if you run a red light, a white light, a green light. I don't <laughs> think they care. I've shined deer, big deer, small deer, and they don't move with that light. But if they smell you or something, they're definitely they definitely know it's a human. Then yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's something we can get into next. We'll just go ahead and talk about lights, homie. You you talked about it on one episode, but kind of break yeah. down the importance of that. Um. So yeah. So we use. Uh, police security is the brand that we used. And I come across that um, because this flat handheld flashlight had a red light and it was only, it was just a lack of options. So I bought this handheld flashlight because I'd like to use a red light. Um, going into my private piece, um, I use it just getting into the timber for, you know, the first 30, 40 yards and it kind of opens up and then I'm, I'm good, but a little sketchy getting in the timber. So I use that light just to get in there. Um, and then the white on it is super bright. Um, it does pretty good on batteries. So I seen the headlamp of this brand and was like, well, I'll give it a try. Looked at the lumens on it. I couldn't tell you the lumens on it off the top of my head, but I was like, well, that's going to be pretty, pretty good. Um, different settings, brightness um you can zoom in and out make it super wide and then um like when you're we when we hang in the morning we have the light on um it doesn't have a red option on it it's just white and that's all it is so it's very bright we got it scoped down as close as we can and uh so we're not you know shining the whole timber but um it's very important because you have to see what you're doing um a you know, like when uh, we when you get a dead limb and like the the rest of the limb breaks off, then you just have like three four inch dead. But it it seems solid. Well, it seems solid till you get your ass on it, and then you know yeah. the next thing you know. So, um, some of these mobile hunting sticks hang really close to the tree, and you could you know potentially think that you're on the stick or a step, and you're actually on one of them small sturdy limbs at first, and uh, it's just a way for us to be a little safer while we're hanging. Yeah, I completely agree. And we haven't seen any less deer movement in the morning mm-hmm. with using them. We actually, our mornings are actually normally the best for us, it yeah. seems like. And uh, that's after you went in there and hung. But you have to think, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we're back here so early. These deer are out on the ag, and we're back in the bedding. Like, if you set up in a morning spot, I feel like our evenings would probably be better if we went closer to the ag. You know what I mean? So if you're set up in a morning spot, you get out there early that light isn't affecting it and to be able to find the tree that you're going to find your access route you don't have to have the light on the whole time if you can see but 
if you're or going, you just know where you are. You're going down a cliff like we are. You know, sometimes it's good to have that light on to make sure you got good footing because yeah. there is rocks and stuff. We both <laughs> yeah. fell down that hill. You yeah. know what I mean? And then you got thirty pounds on your back. We fell in the daylight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so uh, it's better to have a light, and I will take that risk. Just like you said, hanging stands and in, in the dark, hanging stands in general is you know not the safest thing to do you know we we use the harness when we can most of the time Uh, when we're in the tree we use the harness all the time but sometimes man you have to unhook and find another spot to hook that thing when you're hanging Mm -hmm. and uh but in the dark it's a whole another level of danger so we, we a good light a good headlight so you have both hands available is is super key all right um Let's do, we'll go back, you know, to what you can do now. Um, practice hanging your stands and sticks at home. Um, I've done this in the backyard. I know you've done it. Um, if you have a tree, it don't matter if you can put two sticks on in a stand. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can get up five foot in that thing. Like, just to, to practice, okay, how am I going to, okay, I got my ground step on. How high can I put the ground step off the ground to get my first foot on? With your clothes on, because that's something you get late season, you have way less mobility to, to move your leg up. And that's something that we're, we're talking about this year is running in one eight or step just to get that bottom stick a couple more feet. You know what I mean? Because you're always, feel, I feel like you got that thing on the ground a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't step up. Well, you always hang it too high half the time because yeah. you're on the ground. So you're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, I get it here. And, and it's like right it at your, you know, chest height to yeah. get the nice strap right around the middle, yeah. looking real good. And then you go to put your st- put your foot up there, you're like, shit. Yeah, and it's October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too high. So um, that's just, you know, you get that first step. And then from your first stick to your second stick, what's your step? You know, what, what, and we, we've got a system down where that first one, and then we're real solid. Like mm-hmm. we know that. Um, but if a guy who's just starting, or maybe got a different product. You fix, you switch from a mini to a full or something. Switch brands even. Um, and you used to a double step, and it's a single step. Hang that stick in a tree, and realize where you want them, how big you want the gaps. Um, and then figure out how you want to hang your stand. Okay, I got my harness. I'm gonna tie off here. I'm gonna use this stand, this hand to hold the stand. This one to throw the strap, or I'm gonna use it on this. And uh, every tree is a little bit different. We, I kind of have the same process when I hang my stands. But that we've been in some trees, and I've literally got my ass absolutely <laughs> kicked, like kicked. And then once one tree, you've been in it a couple times, you get into eight minutes with both stands set up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, it's just that practice of repetition. And from the first time we hung, we were dropping shit, we were being loud. To the last time, it's completely different. You know, you have a process. And it's, you just go through a step process. Okay, okay, now I'm going to get this strap. I got this strap. I'm going up. I'm going to hang this stick. Okay, here's my other stick. And you just go through a rhythm that you understand. And then you, okay, I want to take my last stick and my stand with me, put the stick on. I want this stick a little lower, or I want my stand a little lower on this stick so I can get in the stand easier. And you learn that stuff over time. But learning it while you're trying to hunt is very hard because you're stuck on time like daylight is daylight like there's no yeah. 20 minutes after like, ah, give me give me yeah, give me give five, me five <laughs> minutes you know what i mean i'll be set up like in your yard you can you got all, unlimited time you want you know what i mean and your neighbors might be like what is this guy doing but i mean you just you're you're getting your rhythm down and that's important and it goes back to another safety factor if you have a rhythm you're gonna be so much more 
efficient and being efficient in the end turns into safety because you have some way of maneuvering yourself in the tree and you you know you've learned that instead of just going out there in the dark first time and that might that's not something i've ever done but i've never practiced in the dark that might be something that you want to do like wake up or go out one night and hang in the dark like in your backyard just to practice that okay i'm gonna be out here in the dark i'm gonna walk up to the tree and then especially if you had a bunch of different trees, that'd be super nice. And you could, okay, I'm going to hang in this one this day. I'm going to hang in this one this day. And then you get some variety. I'm going to hang in a walnut. I'm going to hang in a shag bark hickory. I'm going to, you know, I mean, you get some variety. That's something that I don't have in my backyard. I got ash trees. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get in that apple tree. Bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a little small, but I could probably get like four foot. Yeah. That's all you need. All right. We're going to talk about. Um, two guys in a tree, but I think we should cover everything with one guy and then break down into two guys. Um, so one thing that we want to say is packing hunting can be expensive. The gear is more expensive than a regular stand. So no matter what brand that you use, there's a ton of brands out there. There's Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, Hawk, um, a lot of people are using Summits. Yeah, I say Summit. Um, a lot of people are using, um... The, the lightweight climbers, um, we don't use climbers. That's something that I've done in the past, but I've used Summit climbers. I used to use the old uh, Field and Stream model that was like 30-plus pounds. I used to use the big game version that was 30-plus pounds. That had a nice net seat on it, though, I will tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, but buy the best gear that you can with what money that you have because in the end, if – it's lighter and e- the lighter it is, the easier it's going to be able to hang. And you're going to go hang a regular stand and then hang a, a lightweight stand. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is completely different than, you know, anything else. So buy the best gear that you possibly can, no matter what the brand is or what you think. And that's something that we've tried. We've tried, we're tried, we're, we've tried Lone Wolf and Summit. And now we're going to, I'm going to try Hawk this year to see kind of what I think. And uh, we still got the Lone Wolves in the back burner. And if I, the Hawk's shit, you know, I'm like, okay, the Hawk's shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going back. <laughs> but uh, it's always good to try it out. And like a lot of people would try and saddle hunt. You imagine a guy going out saddle hunting in the dark the first time to set up. Like I, I couldn't even imagine, you know $800 I mean? and not like yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, it's good to buy the best gear that you can and uh, and roll with it. You know, it's the one thing that we like to say with these stands. If you think about a hang on stand, okay, more than likely, if you even if you take it down, it's out there a hundred days. Yeah. So that's a hundred pack in hunts. If you pack in and pack out every day, that's a hundred pack in hunts. Okay, for us, that would be two years. For one year of stand, so say a good stand lasts you five, six years, you're talking 10, 15 years. That's if you take it down in 100 days. And, you know, and like us, we leave them 365, we check them. That's 365 pack in hunts. <laughs> like, that's a lot of years, you know what I mean, yeah. that that stand's going to be good for. And, um, of course, the straps might wear out because you're using them more, but straps are way cheaper than a brand new, you know, cast stand. It just... Mm-hmm. So that's something to make because for homie knows me, I'm kind of tight and packing stands are like a lot. The setups are a lot, you know what I mean? But once you get it, you're like, okay, it's it's worth it. You can play the numbers. You're like, this is like owning 
you know, six, seven other stands that are going to last me. All right. Um, what else you want to cover? Why don't you cover uh, extra, rat- extra ratchet straps and pull ropes? Yeah, so, so something that we didn't really think about, but it just kind of come to by luck that the way we were packing in the, our packs, um, we had to ratchet the pack to the stand on top of our stick. So we just had an extra ratchet strap and we come to a tree and, uh, it's the first time we've been to that tree. We knew we could get in it. It's a nice straight tree, no limbs on it. And, uh, Cody gets the step up there and like, well, this, this strap ain't going to work, no, you know? Six inches short. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, we got it hiked in the bag, you know, we're doing everything I'm pulling on it. I'm halfway around the tree and it was good to have that extra ratchet strap. Like, we were like, I was like, hey, we just got this. Take yeah. it off. I don't need it. I don't need it on there anymore. Um, threw it around, and I mean, it's way good. Yeah. So you can buy the extended long or extended um, straps from Lone Wolf. I'm sure other brands sell them too. Mm-hmm. We just happen to have a ratchet strap with us because we're carrying camera gear, and there's no way to secure that bag on without a ratchet strap yeah. um, because it's just so much weight. Um, so that's what we've been using. So. It goes back to picking your tree. Uh, you pick that tree, maybe write a note down that says, man, I'm going to need two extra ratchet straps on the bottom because it's yeah. pretty thick just in case I'm going to carry that extra weight because there's nothing worse than like, oh, I made it to my tree. And you get there and you can't hang because we've been there. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're like, shit, what do I do now? And you're walking around the woods in the dark, like trying to make another plan to set up in a tree. And um, Yeah, two is not a bad idea because we do have a couple of trees where it is the bottom two mm-hmm. uh, with a ratchet strap. So, like, and that's just another thing we're going to get into is, like, them straps are made to go around the stick and tie back in to be nice and neat, you know, not be hanging off or anything. And that's why they're that long. So, it's not made for being in a giant tree where you want to be. Cover uh, pool ropes. That's something that we need to make sure we have. I was going to say, it's something, if we're going to go with eighters, or at least one, you know, if we go with one, we're going to be good. But if you get, you know, three or four eighters or one on each stick that you're using, um, you might have a a 20-foot pull rope. Most of them are Mm -hmm. 20-foot. It might might be 16-foot like a couple of mine because they're they're not off at the end from being out there. But, um, you know, it's just something that you need to to look at because – you might not get it get it up there. Might not have some long people enough. just have it tied to the base of their stand, mm-hmm. and as they go up, you know they're getting, they have their pull rope up. Um, I don't know, I don't know how I kind of get mine up. I guess I I put it in my mouth and just pull it up like that when I'm on the last trip up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's something to look at because like. Especially in the dark, like I don't want to be climbing up with the bow. No, yeah, you know, or I don't like climbing up with anything yeah, in my yeah, hands. Yeah, I want to have two hands. I don't even like climbing up with a heavy backpack. I just feel like I'm like, man, I'm 200. You know, these steps are rated for 300, but like <laughs> 275. I mean, I'm like, shit. You know, what I mean, like it's just it's just nice to be able to have both your hands, nothing constricting, and then there's nothing worse. You're climbing up, you know, you're all quiet, and then you got, like, stuff hanging out your back, and then you catch a branch, and you're, like, stuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> when you went up the first time, you had nothing on, just the sticks. You're like, oh, yeah, I can slide right up here. You go up with a backpack and a bow, you're like, okay, back and back down. Then yeah. you're trying to break sticks or, you know, just bring a pull rope and make sure that the pull rope's long enough for what you need. You know what I mean? And then 
we we have a system because we have two guys, but for one guy, you know, your bow and your backpack or whatever, that should be like the last things that you pull up, mm-hmm. you know. And once you're set up, you're safe in the tree, you got your harness on, pull your stuff up, get ready to hunt. Um, let's see. You want us to talk about two guys or scroll down on that? What else we got? Uh, that, that might be the. Oh, yeah. that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's talk about if you got two guys in the tree. We know a lot of people that listen to us film, um, and uh, some of them are in pack and hunting, some of them aren't. So, Or even if just buddies that are hunting together. Um, one thing that we like to do, and me and homie, we're just – neither of us wants to – the other guy don't want to out, outwork the other guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the bottom guy is always doing something. Like um, he's getting the next stick ready. Um, he's hooking up a backpack or, I mean, he's always doing something, right? So you got one guy hanging and the way we did it, whoever hunt, whoever hunts hangs. And then the camera guy hangs his own stand. Because that guy's going to put in just a little more work, but he's hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And then the camera guy had to carry in the camera equipment. So, you know, yeah. there's a little bit, you know, a little, a little different, <laughs> but anyways, um, the bottom guy, the bottom guy, <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of guys out there like, man, that is the gayest thing I ever heard on a podcast. The guy on the ground, yeah, um, there you go. we're not going to say bottom guy anymore. <laughs> the guy on the ground, um, he always doing something, getting a stick ready. He's get maybe get your stand off your back, make sure you got your straps out. Um, what I like to kind of do is you can look at the tree and kind of pre-gauge your straps to how long you're going to need them. Um, just always try to be doing something on the ground cause you're saving so much time. You can hand the guy a, ra- a strap, you can hand him a stick when, you know, he drops the rope down, you can hang him, maybe even like shine your light up there. So he's got some light down on his feet. You know, if he's having trouble, um, just always try to be doing something on the ground cause it's going to, it's going to make you that much faster and you're helping the other guy out cause he's doing the hard stuff mm-hmm. hanging in the dark. And be sure you're standing back from the tree. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, Cody already said it, but I drop an ass load of stuff out of the tree, especially early season because I'm just, you know, trying to find the routine, find I the groove. I dropped something. Remember, I I came back and dropped something to you. What was it? I can't remember. You, did you drop a water bottle? Or? I think I water bottled it loud you as hell. One, yeah. yeah, loud I as hell. I dropped one at that first yeah. on the west <laughs> I was side. Like, We're not seeing anything. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not like a shotgun going off. Right. I was like, well, there goes that hunt. But yeah, make sure you're staying back away from the tree a little bit. Um, that's a good point. You know, you want to be doing something, but you don't want a stick to fall on you or a stand to fall on you because a guy might get in a situation where it's let go of the stand and grab a tree limb because I'm about to slide off mm-hmm. or let the stand go. You know what I mean? And yeah. obviously you're going to let the stand go. And being on the ground, you necessarily don't need your light on, but it, like I would not have my light on because if I look up, like, to see what you're doing, like, you're gonna blind you them. could blind them, yeah. yeah, and, you know, then who knows what happens, but there are times where I'm like, hey, just like you said, you know, hey, can I see this step or something? Yeah. Um, I need to see if this is a good limb or whatever. Yeah. Um, see which way, which way I'm actually facing. So, um, just depends on what the situation calls for, if you have your light on on the ground or not, but usually... You know, everything's just right there. You can kind of just feel your way around after a couple times and, and find find what you need. Yeah. Um, one, another thing we like to do is uh, since we're running two stands, one camera guy, one uh, hunter, The camera we like to have the camera guy always higher than the hunter if we can. Um, 
that way you're not trying to look through the hunter to get the shot on film. I was watching some video. Sorry to interrupt you. No, good. I was watching some video from us <laughs> out there on public. Dude, we got the camera straight down. Yeah. <laughs> Doing an interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try to get it up there way higher. Yeah. You know what I mean, and uh, so that's something that we like to do is put that stand higher and then step in the hunter stand, step up in that stand, get your stuff ready. And most of the time what we do is, so the camera guy gets up there, he's getting the arm and stuff already, and then the hunter's pulling his bow up, putting his bow hook on, you know, getting his backpack situated for the day, maybe putting his boot covers on. He's getting ready to hunt, making sure his release is on, you know, arrows knocked, and then the camera guy is getting everything else ready. Because for us, the camera guy don't bring a bow, you know, unless it's some private ground, easy access. You are shooting with the camera and that's it. So you both have work to do once you get in that tree, and the goal is what we like to do is that 15, 20 minutes of darkness. That's when we have the best luck. If you can be set up 15, 20, 25 minutes before you can shoot or before it's even a remotely light, mm-hmm. you can see. We It seems like we see a lot more. You know, you just it's just that buffer zone of you're setting up in daylight, and then a doe might you're like, oh shit, there's a doe, yeah. you know? And you're like trying to ratchet strap the tree hard, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to get like out Missouri. there. Like Yeah, you just got to get out there a little earlier, you know what I mean? And and uh, get it done. Oh yeah, I was, that was two successful packing hunts. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm public, so heck yeah. Uh, how, how, why did, how did we get so late on Missouri? I don't know. I don't know either. I know it was, I, I walked outside and I said, well, I got too many clothes yeah, on for hot, all this. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because we walked down there Remember? Oh yeah, okay. we were gonna like. I was like, oh, we could drive the mule, but I was to like, that creek, and I then... was like, oh, let's just walk. Yeah, okay. we went up walking yeah, all the way like, down the nice hill. Out. Yeah, so did we walk straight down? Yeah, no, we walked down the road oh, and then yeah, cut yeah. over. Okay, okay. So all I right. mean, that's that's a jog, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. So it was over three quarter mile because we're like, well, what yeah. what is this compared to our public spot? Yeah, 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 yeah it was so, longer than so that. So I think we planned on hopping in the mule and driving down there, but we were like, ah, shit, let's nice out, let's just walk down there and set up. I think in our mind, we're like, okay, we're halfway set up down there. Like, we had to save us some time. No, it was hell. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> seconds of being in the tree. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> we're always about 15 minutes too late. Yeah. So it's like, uh, we need that 15 minute buffer at the truck when we're talking shit oh, to each other gosh. and getting stuff ready. And you need turkey a, season. Turkey season's brutal. It's <laughs> just going to wake up so fucking early. You wake up like so early. The like, time at the truck is absolute killer turkey it's season. It's killer, dude. Well, it just goes back to being cold again. Yeah, like yeah. You're, you're dressed for a 65 degree day, yeah, but it it's 35 at yeah. the truck. It's probably 37 Can't and raining tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be epic. Hands are just gone. Yeah. All right, so um, when, you, when you are hanging that stand higher than the other one, whether you're buddy hunting or you're hunting, you're filming, we like to hang our stands in two different directions. And the reason we do this is so you can cover double the eyesight. So I've seen a lot of guys that kind of hang it front of tree, side of tree, and I try to roll it just a touch past because I feel like your side of tree, you're so much more open than if you are, even if you're... A quarter past side of tree. You want like that seven You're o'clock. Like, yeah, seven or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can see that direction and you got like, you can get tight to the tree and not stick out. You know what I mean? So that's what we try to do. Two different directions. And we've had it where homies seen bucks and I've never seen them. Yeah, right. I've seen bucks and homies <laughs> never seen them. You know what I mean? And um, just like when sunshine's coming in, you're like, I can't see them. 
I'm mm. like, oh, he's, I'm like, I lean out and I'm like, oh, he's right, he's right there, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. 20 yards, you know what I mean? Like, and homie's like, I, I can't see him, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh no, he's, he's 20 yards. So having that angle helps you out a lot. And then it's good, you have that angle, the guy's looking the other direction, and then he could say, hey, buck coming, don't move, or hey, don't stand up right now, or don't draw right now, you know, um, you just have so much more. Or, hey, you're ready to, you're, you know, now, now, get ready. You know what I mean? You have that extra few seconds, and that few seconds in hunting is major. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, what else? What else? What do what you got? Uh, this is too many notes for us to read. I we know, didn't yeah. go in order at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. Why would we do that? Um. Okay, let's do, uh, let's cover this one right here. It kind of goes back to now, but kind of back to what we did. If, um... You got to have more than one tree in an area that you could potentially get in. So you wake up, it's November 3rd, you're on vacation, rutcation, and it's primo. Last night you looked at seven, it's north wind. You woke up, it's a south wind. You go outside, it's a south wind. Okay, now what are you going to do? You're not going to go hunting. You're packed it, you're ready to go pack in hunting. You got to have that south tree. You got to have that south wind tree. You got to have that second spot in your mind that you say, okay, I know. Like when we walk for shed hunting, I mark it on my phone. Can get a tree in here, fifteen foot up, you know, twenty foot up. Um, gonna be coming from the north. You know, I mean, I'm writing some instructions or tree in here for south wind or tree in here for east wind. Um, you always have that backup tree to where you're not out there trying to find a tree in the dark because we've been there and that's mm-hmm. super frustrating when you're trying to find and set up. And for some reason, it works out for us. <laughs> We've had success doing that, like not finding the tree and going to a different tree and it working out. But um, if we would have been set up in that first tree, who knows what it came by it. You know what I mean? We yeah. just couldn't set up in there and water. You know what I mean? So uh, shit changes. You got to have a backup. And uh, a backup backup isn't bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you get to the first we tree. We had that too. It's in six like... foot of water. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you when did, it's bone dry. Yeah, you like the bring dirt is floaty, cracked. You didn't bring your floaties. You've got to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I'm like checking a stick. Yeah, it's deep, bro. Because so, I was thinking, I was like, well, if this first one's in water, the, I know this next one's going to be. Yeah. And uh, it was soupy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was soupy. But we had a backup to the backup. We're like, we'll just go up in them oaks. Yeah. Won't see shit, but. At least I we'll mean, hunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? The chances of you're in the area where the bucks are. And I think that's, you know, that's better than not At hunting, the truck. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, a backup backup is always good. But just, just to finish this podcast off and uh, something that we talked about, you know, packing hunting, it's a lot of work. But I feel like it does make you more successful. You know, you hear it on a lot of podcasts and people hype it up as a thing to do. And now I'm not telling you if you got that prime pinch rut stand or that food plot stand that you've been successful at for years and years and years that you just throw that thing in the ditch and start over. You know what I mean? Don't do that. But if you're a guy out there that's struggling to see deer hunting the same tree over and over and not, not doing much, even on a private property, if you just hang oh, yeah. 200 yards away, it can be huge. Because if you can get in there, a deer is not – a deer will figure out where a tree stand is. We've seen that. Like, we've hunted the same place like a couple times on public, and they're looking at us. We're like, what in the hell? You know what I mean? We've been in this tree two times. But they, they just – and we're taking it out every time too. Yeah. But, like, I feel like them old does, man, they bust you one time. 
you're screwed. They they, they just look up there like, ah, shit, nothing, <laughs> nothing up there, no big homie up there, I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, or they're more edgy in that area. So even if you're the guy that's on private piece, not hunting public, that's thinking about getting a, a pack-in stand, it's always good to have one for a wind change or to set up 200 yards from that prime stand. Because I've had prime areas, and homies seen it on my private piece, and it's good for three years, and then all of a sudden something changes, and you're like, what the hell? The deer are this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you got two options. You can either have a packing stand in the truck, and you can go down there and make a move, or you can go back to your house, get a full set, pull a full you know, 80-pound <laughs> set in there with you, and hang it, and then try to hunt it. That's your options. Like, And then maybe you're 50 yards off, just like when I killed Freeze. You know, we are 50 yards off of where we needed to be. If and you would have killed it in that corner, if you would have had a mobile set, you could have broke that mobile set down, had that up in the corner, and hunted there the next day. And maybe been successful. And just like we talked about earlier, is you hunted that morning, and you're like, we need to be down at the creek. Went down to the creek, hunted, obviously bow hunting, and then you know we needed to be another 50 more to kill with mm-hmm. a bow. Yeah. Gun season rolls around, we're still good. Yeah. And just because that area, like, we didn't move the stand because we were trying to stay out of the area. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, I mean, it was dead middle of season. But Remember, if, I if said you, I was going to take a mobile set in there and hang if we had a south wind. And that's what yeah. you needed to do to be in that area. You had had to hang pretty much on the property line or close to it yep. to blow yourself out in that field and, and make it work. You know what I mean? But uh, that would have been hard early in the morning. I don't know. Hopefully, they'd have been north of there, but... This goes, just wanted to say it is work, but I do believe that it is worth it. Um, take your time, take baby steps, learn at home, um, learn how you're going to pack in, learn how you're going to hang. And then when you go out there, I I enjoy it. I like it. I like yeah. it. And when I go to another stand, I'm like, man, I didn't do any work. <laughs> when I, yeah, when I go to a pre-hung stand yeah. and I haven't shot a deer going to just a pre-hung stand after well, I, I did yeah. shoot that deal. It just was like, ah, yeah. like, I didn't really earn that, you yeah. know, but I did because I hung the stand, but like, it just wasn't like all that in one day uh-huh. at the time at the hunt. And so packing in, just like Cody said, it, it is work, but man, dude, when you do get it done, it is a, a little bit more yeah, rewarding. Yeah, super cool. You beat that deer on every sense of the word. You decided to pick that tree that day you were there, um... You cut his path off, you know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just badass. that element of surprise that a lot of people talk about. Just like Justin Fiskajon, he only mobile hunts. He said he never sits the same tree twice. Yeah, super successful hunter. Mm-hmm. Like it's just that element of always changing. You're talking yeah. about, you know, the older does. Once they pin you, you're you're done. So it gives you that other option. Yeah, for sure. It could give you that edge to be, you know, take your hunting to the next level. It could. It could give you the edge to. Maybe be successful this year. On you know you've been getting close, been getting close and struggling. Throw a curveball at them, you know what I mean? And they're yeah. like, "Holy shit, this this <laughs> dude's over here! <laughs> right. It smells like freaking Fruit Loops over here now. It used to smell like Fruit Loops sixty yards away. <laughs> <laughs> smells like dirt." <laughs> yeah. Oh, but man, we hope you guys enjoyed this uh, pack in tips and tactic episode. Uh, we're gonna try to spit some more knowledge of what we got. We've been getting some requests to uh, to hit some stuff like this, and uh, you got you guys. If you listen to us very long, you know that we um, we're very we try to be very humble on our skills of whitetail hunters because we are young. 
we both have multiple bucks on the wall bow kills gun kills from 190 to 110 inches you know what i mean we're we've killed a lot of deer but we don't feel like we're at the point where we can literally break down tactics and really tell people this is how we do it you know this is how to get it done and that's not what we're trying to do here we're trying to say this is what we do might be successful for you so we're going to bring you guys some more of these episodes um because you guys you guys want them so uh here they are take it or leave it whether you <laughs> learn anything from it or not um we hope you guys did um leave a legacy and whitetail legacy is out